Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Welcome to episode 45. And relax. Thank you so much for all of the feedback I had from the last episode, episode 44, Woolsack Woes. I do apologise for sounding quite like a woman on the edge. Um, It was only afterwards I realised just quite how much coffee and chocolate I'd had that day. And not much else. So, get towards the end of term, feed me just nothing but coffee and chocolate, and that's the kind of effect you're going to get. I'm sorry, I did sound a little manic, didn't I? I would like to say, though, thank you so much for the lovely response I've had. I've had people from all over the world get in touch about making some squares, and I've already got some winging their way to me, which is absolutely fantastic. You know, you are the best, my listeners. You are fabulous. We might be a small group compared to some of the other podcasts out there, but you are brilliant. And I just want to say thank you very, very much. And on that note, I was catching up with some podcasts. Oh, sorry, I've just had to... (laughs) Sorry, I'm just interrupting right now. I'm sat in the conservatory and I'm looking across at the bird feeders and there is a goldfinch on my nitro seed feeder. I'm sorry, I haven't seen a goldfinch feed in my garden for a little while, not since I've had the conservatory and moved everything around again. I am delighted. Sorry, sorry to have to interrupt this for a bit of um, bird spotting, but there you go. I will um, I will see if I can grab a photograph before he moves. I'm not sure I have got my camera with me but I don't know if I'll be able to manage it. Um, But they are just beautiful. I think they are some of my favourite birds. Fortunately, I've not got my... uh, There you go. Did you hear it? I've not got my long lens on, um, and it's not within handy reach. But um, there we are. I've taken a a shot of the goldfinch. If I manage to get it up there, I will do. Um, Where was I? Oh, yes. Um, Talking of my woolsack woes last week, I was catching up with some podcasts uh, this week and I realised from something that Dr Gemma said on the Cognitive Podcast that actually I've been wittering on for the last few weeks about Woolsack updates and this Woolsack cushion and that Woolsack cushion and everything else and I thought there are some new listeners. If you haven't gone back and listened to some of the old episodes or if you have gone back but you listen to a lot of podcasts, it's been a while since I actually did my interview with um, Jane KAL who is involved in the Woolsack project. I think that was episode 33, um, Woolsack A Call to Arms. But I thought what I, I might need to do is perhaps to give you a little overview again of the Woolsack project if you are a new listener and you haven't got the faintest clue what I'm talking about. So I've gone onto the web, uh, the Woolsack website, which is www.woolsack.org, and I'm going to read this out from the front page, and then I'm going to read a little history of the Woolsack as to why it's called the Woolsack project. Okay. Woolsack is part of the Cultural Olympiad. The project enables anyone to contribute to making a cushion from British wool. It is intended that these will be given out as a personal welcome gift from the people of Britain to the London 2012 Olympic and Paralympic athletes. 
Those participating in the project include schools, colleges, community groups, individuals, craft groups, smallholders, farmers, breed societies, British wool yarn producers and processors, hand spinners, dyers, the knitting, crochet and craft press and media. Making these cushions is designed to help people gain craft skills using a sustainable material and also to learn about the production of British wool on which the British economy and early industry were originally founded. The project can thus involve a wider range of people able to be inspired by the 2012 Games but not able to participate directly in sports and athletics. We'll be sharing this with the athletes by making personal gifts for them that are beautiful, functional and are a little bit of Britain to take home with them. And then... There's a section here on the history of the wool sack and England's wool trade. Just to give you an idea of why the whole project is called the wool sack. The wool sack is the seat of the Lord Speaker in the House of Lords Chamber in Westminster, which is where the two houses of government in Britain meet in London. The House of Commons, which is directly elected by the population of Britain, the adult population of Britain, and the House of Lords, which is not currently a directly elected house, although the Labour government, I think, was wanting to move towards that and there has been reform in the House of Lords. The House of Lords was traditionally the house of the ruling classes, the barons of medieval times, it's also, uh, as well as including hereditary peers, includes awarded peers. So those men and women who are rewarded by the government with a knighthood, they are allowed a seat in the House of Lords. The wool sack is a large wool stuffed cushion or seat that is covered with red cloth. It was introduced by King Edward III. 1327 to 1377, and originally stuffed with English wool as a reminder of England's traditional source of wealth, the wool trade, and as a sign of prosperity. England's wool industry dates back over 2,000 years, and woolen cloth has been a prized export since Roman times. During the 12th century, wool became England's greatest national asset as a major source of revenue through exports of both woven cloth and raw wool. England's textile industry and the manufacturing of wool products grew during the 15th century and significant developments in the Industrial Revolution were linked to the processing of wool. The framework knitting machine invented in 1589 was the first major stage in the mechanisation of the textile industry. It wasn't until the 18th century that sheep breeding began to focus on meat rather than wool quality. Despite the rise of synthetic fabrics during the 20th century, wool has remained an important and unique product and the General, a General Assembly of the United Nations proclaimed 2009 to be the International Year of Natural Fibres. Wool is now being recognised as a uniquely versatile and sustainable product. The diversity of Britain's 60 or more different sheep breeds is a valuable resource in the 20th century world. And then the page on the Woolsack website goes on to make links to the campaign of wool, for wool and their history of wool page. The British Wool Marketing Board, which has got a, a page on British sheep and wool, the history of British wool, traditions of Parliament, and a clip of Adam Henson, who is a rare breeds farmer and TV presenter, um, visiting the House of Lords. It was shown as part of the Lambing Live season uh, series two in March of 2011. And they've got a little link to a clip up there. So, the wool sack cushions that we are making for part of the Cultural Olympiad to give to the athletes attending London 2012 are named 
for the wool sack, the big red wool stuffed seat um, that the Lord Speaker in the House of Lords sits on. So it's got links right back to that medieval wool trade, which was the backbone of the English economy throughout those years. We didn't particularly export, I don't think, anything else at that point. I think, I mean, obviously we did export some things, but the wool trade was the most, the largest, the most important aspect of the English economy. I keep wanting to say the British economy, but of course in medieval times it wouldn't have been the British economy, it would have been the English economy, um, as the countries were separate at that point. But that's the the main reason as to why the project is called the Woolsack Project. I'm, I just think it's such a fantastic idea, this idea of raising the profile of the British wool industry. I am a history geek. I am, in many ways... A traditionalist, <laughs> many ways as to what you would call a dyed-in-the-wool traditionalist, I suppose, in, in that respect. I do feel that part of what it is to be British is to have these slightly strange and archaic traditions that no one else really has and no one else understands. And so the linking the Woolsack project to the Woolsack in the House of Lords, I think, was a bit of a genius idea. And... That's why I, I'm such a supporter of this project. I have got, I have made five completed cushions, although two obviously went off to the winter project for the British Youth Games, or the International Youth Games in Innsbruck that the British team went and supported. So I have three completed cushions here at the moment, even if one of them does have a hole in. And... I'm working on others and I've got lots of pieces that need to be sewn together to make more and I'm hosting a stuffing event so I don't quite know how much more I could be involved apart from giving up my job and knitting permanently. Which, you know, at times looks like an appealing prospect. <laughs> um, but seriously, that that's why I've been talking so much this spring about the Woolsack Project. I just do think it's lovely and for those people who had forgotten or hadn't heard the interview with Jane back in December that's why I wanted to just include this little piece so thank you very much Dr Gemma for being prompting me to make me think that actually maybe it was a good idea to recap on the whole process and explain why I was wittering on so much about the cushions and as I said, I wanted to say thank you again for all those people who've contacted me with offers of squares. Um, some people have made one, some people have made several, and I'm just absolutely delighted. Uh, one lovely listener, Helen, has made an awful lot. Just huge amounts. Huge. So, <laughs> she's just, she's almost made a full side herself. But that's just absolutely lovely, and I'm just delighted. And I just wanted to say thank you very much. Now, as an update on all of my tale of woe, tales of woe last last week, when I had my little rant, my little breakdown, um, I'm afraid to say nothing has moved. I recorded on the Wednesday, and on the Friday, everything went upstairs because my parents were coming to stay for the weekend. And I'm afraid to say it is upstairs, and I haven't looked at it since. However, a lovely listener 
I don't know whether to say her, her revelry name is Gag or whether it's G-A-G. I suspect it's G-A-G since it's in capitals. But she's contacted me to say that she thinks she can find somewhere some instructions on how to repair that cushion without having to cobble together a darn like I would have done on my dad's socks when I was a child. Um, so that's absolutely delightful. I haven't even touched the weaving. I don't quite know what I'm going to do with that. I don't know whether I should just take all the warp off, replace it with the smooth cream yarn and start again, or whether I should attempt to persevere. But trying to do over 32 inches when I'm having to pick each one up by hand is a bit soul-destroying, really, isn't it? Um, anyway, what I did is after I recorded that episode, I went and consoled myself by casting on a brand new cushion. And I finished the front of it in less than a week. So it is the Blacker Yarns Celtic Yarns cushion um, from that, that I downloaded from the Blacker Yarns site. There's a, a link from the Woolsack site. And it's very, very simple. It's just effectively stocking stitch, but with pearl rows every few um, rows so that you're getting a bit of texture where two colours meet in a stripes. The original was made from a Galway Aran, which was a pale cream, a Shetland Aran, which was a grey, and a pure black Welsh mountain, which is a very dark browny black. Um, and there are pearl ridges where some of the colours change, so it adds some nice texture. I've done it in two gorgeous um, dyed yarns from Sheepfold. I've never used any of their dyed yarns before. One is a kind of a lovely green lichen colour and one is a lovely purple. I think it's called Loganbury. Of course, I suspect that I've probably tidied the um, <laughs> ball bands away. It's really not very clever, is it? Um, but there's this green and purple. And I, I do love my green and purple. And then I've got a Jameson's of Shetland Heather Aaron in a kind of a brass, I think it's called brass, brass, <laughs> put on my posh voice, put on my posh southern voice, a brass colour um, in between it. So it's um, charging on really rather nicely. And it's, I've, I've finished the whole front and I've started on the back. Um, the back I'm just knitting plain in the brass. So it's coming along really nicely. That I don't know if the back will be finished over the weekend. I have to say that last night I was trying to knit on it and I was so tired with it being the end of term that I just couldn't handle the needles. They were just too long and I kept poking myself in the elbow with them. I did originally intend to record this last night, hence the title, and relax, because obviously it's the end of term, so I was going to set myself up in the conservatory with a John Collins, which is a gin and a splash of lime and a large amount of lemonade in a sugared glass. And I was going to talk about how I was now so much more relaxed because it was the end of term. Well, quite frankly, I was so relaxed that I couldn't actually string a sentence together. So I gave up on that idea quite swiftly, particularly when I was just thinking I could just about go off and do it in the middle of the Eddie Stobart bit. And then the Indian takeaway arrived because <laughs> I was so lazy. We had it delivered. So that was that. I'm afraid to say I had my curry and then, you know, full of chicken tikka shahi and sag paneer. 
and cheese naan that I am afraid to say I just didn't really move. And I went to bed not long after 10. So it was like, my brain was complete mush. And I don't think I finished everything I needed to finish at the end of uh, term. I know I know that when I go through the children's assessment books with my little tick sheet of who's done what, I know there's a whole little list of children who haven't finished one particular task. Um, and uh, But there we are. It's just sometimes these things happen. We were in the process of, I was determined to finish a particular art project for the end of the topic. Um, they were making, <laughs> they're absolutely gorgeous. Um, I wish I'd taken some photos but obviously I couldn't share them with you for uh, child protection issues, but I would love to have taken some photos to share um, of the children modelling. They were making hats. Um, so they started with a card, little skull cap, circle of card around their forehead, and then strips of card across to make a, a sort of like a, a, a skull cap structure. And then they were using tissue paper and paper mache to make them into bodies. But some of them actually put frames around, extra frames around the outside to make different shapes so that their hats became the body of um, a mini beast. And then they added legs and antennae and wings where appropriate. Some of them wanted to make quite anatomically accurate hats. Some of them wanted to go down the fantasy route. Um, so we had a little parade of them um, yesterday afternoon in the hall. All three classes came together that had been working on them and paraded their mini beast hats and they were just gorgeous not it's a few that weren't quite finished um one child had been off for a week and then came in yesterday for the first time and you know you just kind of go oh now we've got to make the hat from scratch all through the entire day so he didn't quite get there but he did get the bulk of his outline um done so it was just they were just lovely and i just wanted to get all those out of the way and the head just said what, what she liked about them was that every single hat was different. And it was. Even the children who'd sort of looked at each other's designs and thought, oh, she's doing a ladybird, I'm going to do a ladybird as well. They'd then gone off and done something individual. And I know when the, the head first arrived at our, our school a while ago, quite often the art or the DT would be very very similar every child would produce a piece of work that was almost identical not they they weren't given skills and then told to go off and do their own they were it was almost like a paint by numbers um which allows you to learn some skills but it doesn't allow you to learn anything about creating your own piece um, with your own choices and personality so it's lovely that we've moved on as a school um and this, I just, I love these. It was, they were the nicest things. So we're going, we're making displays out of them. So what I will do is I will take some photographs of them at some point. Um, but obviously uh, not attached to the children. But there are some weird and wonderful, amazing ones. Um, spiders with legs made out of rolled up newspaper covered in tissue that actually just make you look like Captain Jack Sparrow. Because they just look like dreadlocks. <laughs> so, um, you know... Uh, some there's somebody with a a dragonfly that's got a huge huge um tail attached to it um so it, they're just amazing i'm I'm just really it was lovely i thought i was going to lose my hair 
and when one particular child <laughs> yesterday i had i'd said to them by thursday you know end of thursday right you have to have yours your body completed covered in tissue painted with the glue to make it hard so then we can do all the decoration the legs and bits and bobs on friday absolutely you know everything done so when one child came to me <laughs> came to me yesterday morning and went i'm doing an ant i've only got its thorax i need its head and its abdomen <laughs> you know when you look at it and go i really wish you'd told me that yesterday because now we're going to be behind because we're going to have to make it and then cover it in tissue and then let it dry before we can put the legs on and anything else. Ah! Um, so, you know, welcome to my world. <laughs> this is this is my world. Little children coming to me saying, I've only got a thorax. I need a head and an abdomen. I should be very pleased, shouldn't I? He was indeed using the correct language. How fantastic is that for an eight-year-old? I think that's cool. But there we are. Anyway, his is finished. And... Uh, Looks cool. Looks cool. Could have done with some jaws on it, but I certainly wasn't going to suggest time to start making some mandibles, uh, you know, when you've got half an hour left. But never mind. So anyway, by the time I finished all that, um, I know there's a few people with missed assessments, so I'm going to have to sit down at some point with my checklist and go through and see which mop-ups I've got to do. And um, then by the time I then tried to tidy the classroom and pick up all the bits of pipe cleaner and um, <laughs> and tissue that was stuck on the carpet. I wasn't really in a fit state to record last night. So, I am relaxing now. I have already done a little bit of spinning this morning. I'm planning on doing more spinning over the next few days. I have got schoolwork to do, but I am also planning on making sure I have a rest because I'm very conscious that I need one. Um, the, the coffee and chocolate diet is really not the best way to keep yourself on an even energy keel and look after yourself. So I need to sort some eating habits out and actually cook some decent meals as opposed to reheating something in the microwave or existing on sausages and chocolate, not necessarily together. So my on the needles is really the only thing that I've worked on is that new wool sack cushion and... That was just a joy, just churned it out quite nicely. Um, I think over the next few days I'm going to go back to the box and start seaming together some of the little ones um, from the Guild and work on those. The stuffing I ordered for the stuffing event has arrived. Um, my husband began to be worried that there was something I wasn't telling him and I was taking up taxidermy. Each 12 kilogram bag stands over four foot high. So that's a lot of stuffing. <laughs> you just look at it and go, oh, right. Um, so they're in the office at the moment, which we're, we're currently not going into. Um, and it smells a bit sheepy in there, but we'll, we'll live, I'm sure. We'll live. Anyway, uh, that's I've kind of mingled together a whole load of chat and... Um, my what's on the needles section this week i haven't got a review for you but i have got a something i really like which is not something i really like that i had planned to do today but my something i really like today i'm sorry i i, I saw these yesterday in the supermarket and i had to get them because they just made me laugh um 
it's let me there'll be a bit of rustling here they are a snack food and the brand is called llamas yep you heard me and the little tagline and uh, above it says one mammal's mission to rid the world of boring snacks and although there were several flavors advertised on the side i could only find one um, left on the shelf and um, it was the barbecue whole wheat baked bites and these are little wheaty biscuits in the shape of a llama. I kid you not. Um, and they are so Moorish. I don't know what, you know, sugar and salt hit that they've got in them, you know. But, oh boy, hitting them umami. Definitely hitting the umami place there. Absolutely wonderful. There's a picture of an alpaca on the front wearing a bandana around its neck as a kerchief because of course that's what alpacas do isn't it uh on the back it says what's tasteful good looking adored by everyone and forever brushing lips with the beautiful and famous me well yes but i was actually referring to my new snacks whole wheat full flavored oven baked crackers with a crunch that packs a punch and then there's a picture of a llama face with a little speech bubble going putting the ooh in barbecue so rip open a bag of these feisty barbecue bacon flavour bites because things are about to get a whole lot tasty around here. And I have to say, I've just, they just made me laugh. The packaging just made me laugh. And it says, uh, put some kick in your snacks. Find me online at www.llamasnacks.com. And, oh lordy, it says one sixth of a bag contains um, 5% of my daily salt amount. <laughs> one sixth of a bag who stops at that uh it's not empty though i have to say and then there's underneath above the barcode it says barcode as if it was like a sheep and then in brackets it says, actually llamas don't go bar they hum <laughs> so there you go um and then at the bottom of the picture just in case you were at all concerned there is a big big disclaimer that says no llamas were harmed in the making of these snacks <laughs> which just curled me up but I have to say, I have no idea whether this is a worldwide brand or whether it's purely British. But if you are in Britain and you find these, if you are a kind of a snack person, these little crackers are just llama-shaped crackers. Very, 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 very Moorish. Um, and they just made me laugh. And I, I sort of, you know, that just appealed to me, appealed to my very quirky sense of humour. So... That's my something I really like today. So I think that just about wraps us up for, for now. Um, just a reminder that we are at the end of March. Today is March the 31st. So we are only one day away from saying, oh, it's Wonderwall Wales this month. It's happening Saturday and Sunday, the 28th and 29th of April at the Royal Welsh Showground down in Bilthwells in Powys. There are a variety of classes going on at the Wool School. There will be a range of really good vendors. I'm going down on the Saturday. If you see me, please say hello. You'll be able to tell me. I'll be the one that will be running around squealing with excitement. Um, <laughs> I've, I've also got, in case you've never seen a picture of me, um, there are a few pictures up um, around on my Flickr site and on uh, um, my Ravelry site. I've got Dark hair, shoulder length dark hair, but the front of my hair is pink. So I have a very bright pink front of hair. So if you see me, 
wandering around, no doubt with a, a nice tall lady. She'll be wearing glasses. I may or may not be wearing glasses, depending if I've got my contact lenses in or not. Uh, and if I just generally look like an overexcited kid in a sweet shop, that'll be me. Please stop and say hello. <laughs> you know, I'll be the slightly manic one with the big shopping bags. Anyway, I would like to thank you all again for listening. I would like to remind you that we have got a listeners map and I would like to say hello to G Chu, I think it is. I've got my first Japanese pin in there. I would like to say, please go over and put a pin. It's lovely to see where we're spreading around the world, not just in Europe and North America. It's lovely to see pins popping up all over the place. It's great to remember that we are an international uh, group of listeners. And come on, China, where are you? Stick a pin in it. I'd also like to say just a little bit here. This is a very personal thing, but I'm going to do it on the the podcast to just say thank you. I took part in the fabric postcard swap over on the Caithness Craft Collective podcast group on Ravelry. And I was paired with the lovely Sandy Cola. Sandy Cola. Sorry, I was going to say Sandy Cola. Sandy Cola, who is a listener. Hello. Hello. Well, my postcard for her is still in the throes of being sorted. It wasn't quite what I wanted it to be. I do promise, though, it doesn't have a mini beast on it. I've not made it a mini beast hat out of tissue paper. Um, But hers, to me, arrived this week, and it is absolutely gorgeous. She's taken fabric in my two favourite colours, purple and green. They're both prints. She has cut uh, two squares up, sort of in stripes but they're wavy stripes one has been cut horizontally one has been cut vertically it's vertically um they were attached onto an interfacing first before she cut them she's then woven them together and then used a fancy decorative stitch to sew them together it's got a butterfly attached to it with beautiful beaded body and some little beads on their wings. She has sewn stitch markers onto it. So there are stitch markers for me there to clip off, which is absolutely wonderful. There's even a red one to celebrate my 40th uh, podcast episode. There is a little flower knitted out of unspun silk that she um, has taken from a silk hanky. Now, I've never used these And she said in her note that that it could be unravelled if I wanted to use it again. I didn't want to unravel it, but I have inadvertently unravelled it because my fingers are so rough and dry that they keep catching on the silk, which is something I don't really experience when I'm working with wool, but I don't work with silk very much. And I'd forgotten that, you know, you have to have super smooth hands to work with with silk. Um, And they are catching slightly. She's included two silk hankies in the packet for me to try she's knitted me a entrelac dishcloth in greens and purples again how fab's that she has um, included some yarn left over from her hitchhiker shawl that i can put in my sock yarn blanket and she has included some kool-aid for me to go and play with how fantastic is that my parcel's looking quite mingy in reply so I'm going to 
see if I can find something nice um, to put in there. But uh, I, my fabric postcard, my idea for it hasn't quite executed well, so I need to tackle it again over this weekend and get it sorted because I'm behind on that swap. I need to send it. But it's just absolutely lovely. And I just wanted to say thank you so much. Firstly to Louise for the idea of the fabric postcard. I was a bit unsure as to what to expect. Um, I've never taken part in one and I've never even seen one before. Um, this is just absolutely brilliant. And also to Sankola for such a lovely, lovely parcel that arrived this week and just made me grin. It's really nice. So I just wanted to say thank you very much. Thanks again for listening. And if you get a chance to, remember, relax. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to Yarns from the Plain. Show notes and links are available at the Yarns from the Plain show page at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can leave a comment over there on the show page, or you can email me at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com or message me on Ravelry where I'm Tales from the Plane. Until next time, take care and thanks for listening. <laughs>